Hey, folks, I, folks, I got Stu Heineck here, author of two awesome books. You're not going to want to miss this. This is the Franchise Pitfalls and Profit Show. Each week, we bring you the challenges and triumphs of being in the franchise development and consulting business. The things you need to make money faster. And now your host, one of the most successful franchise developers in North America, Don Shin. Hey, Stu, welcome to the show. I appreciate you giving us some time. Thank you for having me on. I'm pleased to join you. Audience, I am really, really excited because uh, Stu, Stu's books and, and his real genius is on uh, uh, the elephant in the room for us, uh, and that is lead generation and getting quality uh, appointments and getting in front of the right people. Uh, but I'm going to let him talk more about that. I'm going to ask uh, ask him some other questions about business. and But we're going to end on that note. So stay tuned. Hang in there with us. But Stu, uh, tell, just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Uh, I know you as the author and we're partnering, partnering in some stuff and we've got some really strong common relationships. But how, how did you how did you become an author? How did you get into business? Give, give us a little bit of an intro. Sure, sure, yeah. Well, my my all of my education is in marketing, um, but I'm also a cartoonist. <laughs> I have a really kind of crazy career arc. So, um, I, you know, I, I wanted to. I from very early on, I knew that I wanted to combine cartooning with marketing, and I wanted to create direct mail campaigns, direct response campaigns for the magazine publishers, the big magazine publishers that were so powerful when I was just getting out of college. And um, and so, yeah, I've been using cartoons with personalization for a very long time. It's kind of a shtick. I mean, it, it just works really well. Um, yeah. And and that led me to becoming one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. I actually ended up mentoring with I, you know, a lot of the great cartoonists from Playboy and the New Yorker. I don't know oh, how cool. that... I do know how it happened, but it's all, I look back and I think, how, how on earth did that happen? But, <laughs> so Gahan Wilson and Eldon Dedini and um, Bob Mankoff from The New Yorker, who's, he was the cartoon editor, and Leo Cullum and so on. I don't know if these names will mean anything, but they were just like, oh, my God, I, I get to work with these guys. This is incredible. And, well, and that's uh, and, and, you know, you were probably one of the uh, the originals then because uh, because the, you know, the cartoon art now is, is really common in business. You know, the graphics and the drawing while somebody's voicing over. So, uh, yeah, that's I, true. Yeah, 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 awesome. That's, that's true. There were there were several trends that we ended up starting. One of them was using personalized cartoons in direct mail. So if you've ever gotten a mailing and the cartoon was about you and it was funny, then it was it was probably from us. I'm not oh, nice. I'm not taking credit for being the only funny person around, but usually, um, you know, they were we we were imitated a lot and not well. So <laughs> so um, you have to. Give me a little there. But so, um, yeah, so one of the things I discovered was that when I sent a cartoon, a personalized cartoon to someone, just, you know, because I wanted to introduce myself, I could reach just about anyone. And that was that was incredible. I mean, that was like, it was an unfair advantage because I could reach out and reach anyone. And I, when, I, when I first did it, I did it to launch my business into the publishing industry. And I got a 100% response rate to that campaign. Wow. And um, it's, it launched my business one campaign to 24 people. Wow. Um, so I got really curious about all that. That became that led to writing the, one of my first books, um, "How to Get a Meeting with Anyone." 
That book's a blast. I mean, just the things people have been doing to get meetings are incredible. So I use cartoons, but people use all kinds of things. There are lots well, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah, yeah. Again, we, most saying, of our folks, uh, we will get there, I promise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I want to I wanna jump in a little bit. You know, my target audience are, for the most part, are either career coaches in, in one shape, or another one, one form or another. They're either owning a franchise of their own that they're recruiting people into as the franchise, or they mm. might be a franchise broker or consultant that is definitely guiding people to to certain brands. So I'm I'm just always curious of successful people in business. What do you think it really takes to be successful in business? You know, what should someone be thinking about and having, what characteristics maybe should they have if they're thinking about becoming a business owner? Well, I, you know, I would relate it to my my latest book, if I may. So I just had one come out in, in June, how to, get, how to Grow Your Business Like a Weed. <laughs> I don't know if it sounds like a serious book or not, but it's quite serious. We all know what it means to grow like a weed. And and I wondered if there was a, if there was a model that, all of the weeds followed. And if there was, it was it a model that we can apply and, the, and there is. So to answer your question, I'm going to answer it in terms of the weed strategy because yeah. we know what we can see what they do. They're, they're, wow, my God, they're so, they're so, um, so effective at growing and, and picking up new turf and so on spreading. So their model is what I believe is necessary to succeed in business. So they leverage a fierce mindset and unfair advantages against collective scale. And they do it according to a process that is well honed. I mean, in their case, it's millions of years old, but it's also alive. It's constantly changing. It's constantly adapting to whatever challenges arise. Actually, it's how they evolve. And so in for us in business, I think one of the critical things is to have an unfair advantage or lots of unfair advantages. And we can talk about what, I mean, I'll give you a couple of examples if you'd like. Of, of yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And I think that's great. Well, I mean, like one of them is I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. If I send a cartoon to a CEO and I reach out to the, the CEO's assistant to say, hey, I'm sending this thing. Um, I want just want to let you know about it. Well, I'm calling up and I'm saying, hi, I'm Stu Heineck. I'm one of the Wall Street Journal cartoonists. Um, we don't know each other. Or I, oh, yeah, we, uh, your boss doesn't know me, but I'm sending a print of one of my cartoons and it's about your boss. And so I, you know, I want it to be a surprise to your boss, but not to you. And usually the assistants are saying, what? <laughs> oh, okay. So, so just being able to reach out and do that, or you know, when when my cartoons do appear in the journal, then I, I'm reaching 2.1 million readers. That's a that's a great um, brand builder, I would yeah. say. Yeah. So that, that's one. I've got a lot of them, but we want to be we want to be creating a lot of unfair advantages in our businesses. And the other one is that yeah, this is the one that I think probably shows up the most from weed strategy and that net, so naturally it's my, it's my strategy as well is collaboration. Mm. So isn't that interesting because both of those things are real, they're just totally built into the franchise model. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes we, uh, I, 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 the collaboration to me is a very abundant mindset. And, and I think a lot of times people in business, they're, they're just so, they're so scarcity minded. They think if they, if they talk to somebody else or they involve somebody else, uh, they have the chance to lose something and they're not thinking about uh, the, the opportunity to spread and to grow, as you're saying. Again, I love the weed and uh, the visual on the weed, uh, but they're not thinking about the spreading and the growing that that collaboration could really 
could really affect. So uh, yeah, I think yeah, that's I think awesome. I think I think it's awesome. the key because otherwise we toil under one to one leverage. That's that's kind of what comes naturally to us. And 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 for, for example, franchise. Franchises are are the opposite of one to one leverage. You've got a lot of people, there are a lot of smart people involved in the in the team of of um, franchisees. Everyone's working from the same process, but everyone's evolving that process. It's an incredible. Um, it's kind of all of it's kind of an incredible unfair advantage. Yeah, I used to once in a while get get the get some pushback from a from a, a prospect, and they would say they would say, "Well, why can't I just do this myself?" And um, they're they're yeah. not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you sure you, you use the word leverage. You you surely lose that leverage of 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 uh, more people pulling in the same direction. Yeah, yeah. And you you know if you start if you're with a franchise, then you start with an ex, a, a, an established brand. I mean, like someone who's saying, "Why can't I do this myself?" is absolutely lost in one to one leverage. Yeah, but yeah. you know if you just step into a, a franchise with a with a powerful brand. What an unfair advantage! I mean, that's one of many. But what yeah, a great yeah. unfair advantage! Now, is there any, would would you say any, that anybody comes to mind from the standpoint of who shouldn't go into business for themselves? You know, kind of the 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 flip side uh, of that. Well, you know, I mean, you you gosh, you you have to be very resilient. You got to be yeah. optimistic and and persistent, and you got to have the right mindset or. Or, or nothing's going to happen. But even that, even at that, um, if we're just talking about people going into business in general, you know, I think ninety percent of the first, of of the of new businesses fail within the first year. Isn't it something like that? I think that's the, the uh, uh, restaurants are. I think as high as ninety. I think overall, it's about. 40 to 50% fail in the first year and 80 to 90 in five years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, you know, chances are, are pretty good that you're not going to, that your company won't make it again, unless you really, unless you, unless you act like a weed, really. If you you use weed strategy, then you have a much better chance because you're understanding then what I, what, what it is you need to focus on to um to make your business not just survive nobody wants to just survive i went into business to just survive yeah, I was thinking, yeah I wanted to hang out. <laughs> so well, let um, me let me um let me switch on you a little yeah, bit here yeah. just just looking at business overall right now um and, you know you're in all kinds of different circles i i know and so uh, anything coming to mind right now that's trending uh as we're, we're as we're uh, moving into a new year, um, any anything uh, come to mind that that's trending or that that you're advising people to be cognizant of or doing as yeah. we as we go go into a new year? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a bunch of these, but but I think the big one is we're heading to a recession, and it it may or may not be acknowledged um, yet, and 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 there are some encouraging signs as well that keep popping up. So who knows? Maybe we'll avoid one. Um, in the short term, I don't think so. I mean, inflation is quite high. A lot of things. <laughs> the Fed yeah. is clamping down. Um, so, so I, I would say we're heading into a recession, and and uh, and so you need to be thinking about well, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to deal with 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 a recession? And I would say a lot of that is done for you in a franchise. I mean, you've got some very smart people at the top working on that. Um, but I would say that the you know if you, as you head into into uh, into recessionary times, um, it seems to me I don't know I'm going back to the weed strategy again. But it seems to me that weeds 
thrive best in disrupted ground. I mean, that's our yards, our gardens, our, our farmland, et cetera. They yeah. thrive best when, when it's, when there's disruption. Yeah. And, and so I think that, that weeds, the application of weed strategy sort of creates that for us as well. You've got to be smart about it. There are a lot of, a lot of wrong decisions you can make still, but, but if you're going in and you're saying, I need to have this, I need to do what I need to do to have the mind, mindset that I'm going to just, I'm going to thrive during a recession. And then I need to be building these unfair advantages. What are they? What are my unfair advantages? And what other unfair advantages can I create? And of course, again, a lot of that's done for you in the, in the franchise, uh, franchise model, but you, that still doesn't, you still need to be doing more. The franchise needs to evolve as well. And that's how it evolves. And I think, uh, I, I think, um, you know, uh, recessions or, or down economies, some, some, some people, are in businesses that thrive in those scenarios. And I think for other people, it's a, it's a time to, it's a time to regroup. Uh, and I, I love your unfair advantages. So for some businesses, I think it's their, it's their time to say, Hey, my competition is just going to batten down the hatches and do nothing. Yes. I'm going to start looking for these unfair advantages. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah. All right. So let's go to, let's go to the book real specifically. I, I'm sure. just dying to get some, you know, specific strategies. I know, I know the two books, uh, the two books kind of dovetail a little bit. So, so, so let's talk about, about some of the key things that people will be able to take away from, from the books. Well, so, and so do you want to talk about how to get a meeting with anyone first? Yeah, I think that's great okay. because again, yeah. uh, uh, you and I were talking offline, the elephant in the room is nobody in franchising likes to admit it, but um, and I've been in this industry 22 years, people still are struggling with getting leads. And, and then if they do get a lead, how do they, how do they get in front of that person? So absolutely. I think that's, that's a great place to start. Sure. Well, well, you know, so how to, how to get a meeting with anyone, uh, this is what it looks like. Here's the book. And, and this one came about because I started sending cartoons around to people and I like, you know, presidents and prime, I thought, well, that was amazing. I just got through to all the publishers long ago. Um, who else can I reach? And I started reaching out to presidents and prime ministers, celebrities, and um, all sorts of top level decision makers. And I was breaking through a lot. And and I was <laughs> I was just amazed. And then I started getting curious about well, what's everyone else doing? Because we all look, you can't if you can't get meetings, you can't sell. So <laughs> like nothing happens, actually, if you can't get meetings. So uh, so what are people doing? What have they been doing to just to to meet that challenge? And oh, my God, done. I was hearing them. I started picking up the most amazing stories. They're just, there are such great stories. One guy used a pigeon to reach, um, oh, I can't say his name, but one of the most famous, one of the most famous CEOs of all. Someone else used a, a Facebook ad, $28 Facebook ad, and they created a breakthrough with, uh, um, with the, the right buyer at Walmart, and they created a $20 million effect or result wow. from a $28 ad contact wow. ad. It's amazing. So there are all these really crazy stories of what people have been doing to, to reach out to the people that have some, the, the kind of marketing I'm talking about here is not mass marketing at all, but, but it's, it, these are, if that's scattershot, then this is, these are sniper shots. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're focusing on the people that might be the 1%, top 1% or 20%, whatever it is, who can, the, the, the prospects who can change everything. If you can get in touch with them, get in front of them and they become, I don't know, either clients or maybe they become franchisees or they become 
something else, some sort of a maybe a referral source or or some other okay. strategic partner. But these are the people that can change everything. They have the scale that that they have the the ability to change your scale. And those are the ones that that we focus on on when we send out these 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 contact devices. So I use, I still use cartoons. I still do that with, uh, with a lot of my clients. And, and I, I, would it, would it help to show what one of these looks like? Sure. Yeah. If you, okay. if you can, yeah. We'll just have it right Absolutely. here. But so when this is what I call a big board. And so it's, it's an 18 by 24 inch quarter inch thick foam core board. And so on one side, there's a cartoon. It's kind of hard to fit it all in. But there's a cartoon, it's personalized, it's about the recipient. And then on the back is the branding and the messaging from the sender to the recipient explaining who they are, why they want to meet, and next steps. Awesome. Um, and that gets sent in packaging like this. So oh, wow. the air bill goes there, and that's what it looks, it looks like something from a, a cartoon art gallery. And there are crush zones in there to hold it all together. And uh -huh, that's, that's, so cool. that, that's pretty cool. You know, I sent one of these to Ed Bastian. Now, I don't know if you know his name. He's the CEO of of Delta Airlines. Okay. And just the other day, I sent it to him three years ago, and and I got a nice note back from him and an introduction to their to their CMO. But um, about two weeks ago, I saw or actually a friend saw a post on LinkedIn that showed <clears throat> pardon me that showed Ed Bastian in his office and he's holding a cup of Starbucks coffee. And you think, okay, well, I guess he's drinking his coffee. But no, that was there to announce that, that, uh, that they had this new deal going with Starbucks. So it's a new, there's a, there it is. Collaborations are huge. They're a yeah. huge part of this model. So there's a, here's a new collaboration between Delta Airlines and, and Starbucks. But my friend pointed out in the picture where he's standing in his office, right next to him is my cartoon. Still, it's on his credenza. Wow. <laughs> right? wow. So look at that. I mean, you know, we reach out to people all the time and we're, we, right, we want to get their attention. Maybe we leave them a phone or maybe we call them and maybe we leave them a voicemail. Maybe we send them an email. But how many things have you done or how many things could you do to reach out and say, hey, um, I, hey, Ed, I'd like to connect? And have it stick around on the person's in the person's office on their credenza for years. Uh, yeah, so yeah. These, so those are the kinds of things that that we special or that we that we focus on in in contact marketing and in that book and how to get a meeting with anyone. Yeah, I, I think that's incredible. Any anything that that like you said sticks around is incredible because because you know the, and and I don't remember all the percent percentages. Uh, um, specific numbers but there's a percentage of people that are not in mar the market for what you do or what somebody does and 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 that's the big percentage that might be 70 percent and then there's 30 percent that are in the market for what you do but not right now and 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 so maybe only only five or ten or fifteen percent of your people or, or the people you reach out to need what you do now so the fact that something sticks around yeah. uh, is in, is incredible because you know eventually you wouldn't be reaching out to them if you didn't know eventually they're going to need what you do. So uh, uh, if it's not something that sticks around, then they're going to forget you ever contacted them. Yeah, they won't know who you are. I mean, it's, you just interrupted them quickly and then you're gone. <laughs> yeah, 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 incredible, incredible. Yeah. Um, so strategies like a weed uh, yeah. or, or grow your business like a weed. We've got franchisors. We've got a, what we call emerging brand franchisors. Watch my show. They're uh, they're 
yeah, they have a franchise concept and it's systematized, but boy, do they need guidance uh, uh, about growth. Uh, you talked about effective growth. You talked about spreading. Boy, they would love to spread. So, so uh, talk a little bit about the about the new the latest book. Yeah, well, I'll I'll show it first. So there it is. It's kind of it's there. We go. Now you can read it. Yep. How to grow your business like a weed. Um, I love this book. Now, I mean, the other book, the, the How to Get a Meeting with Anyone. That book did. It had such an effect out in the world. I mean, companies were started because of it, and people were telling me that they bought it and had their careers changed, or they went out and they made three hundred thousand dollars after just using one of the one of the tactics in the book. So that's cool. I mean, I love I love how to get a meeting with anyone. It's a great book, but how to grow your business like a weed has been, I think, it's just been a, a work of passion for me. You know, I was driving down the freeway a long time ago and I spotted a dandelion growing out of a crack in the concrete median of the freeway. And and it just got me thinking, what are they doing? How do they end up there? Well, we know how they end up there. They just, you know, it's a dandelion. The seeds blow around and they, they probe every possible opportunity to take root, which is what we should be doing as entrepreneurs. And and I saw that and I, and I thought, well, it looked happy just sitting there bouncing around in the smoggy breeze. And what is it doing, though? What is it up to? What what? I, why why are dandelions doing that but not apple trees you know yeah. <laughs> what, what yeah. there are a lot of plants that don't end up in those cracks and and really because there are a lot of plants that don't do the work that that don't that dandelions do or weeds do and they don't do it in the in the way that I I want to call it smart but they didn't I don't know it is part of their evolution but they just have these incredible unfair advantages for example they have seeds that fly around for miles and they yeah, they, they yeah. just kind of they're kind of like dust they just probe every possible opportunity to take root so I wondered is there a model that the weeds all follow and if there is can we can we apply it to our business and it turns out there is a model and they do uh, I mean, it is applicable to business. Actually, I think it's applicable to, I think it's sort of the theory of everything about growing anything. And I think it's also the theory of growing and thriving, sorry, thriving during recessions, as I mentioned earlier. So yeah. it's an incredibly powerful model. And if you think about, let's say just the nature of weeds, they they just, they deal with what is, they don't, they don't have emotions. They don't let all these silly things get in their way. They don't worry about what they were, what they deserved and should have had and what yeah. they, I don't know. They don't, if they have a setback, they just keep going. So that incredible mindset they, that they have. So they, they just, they deal with what is, yep. they never yep. do anything without an unfair advantage. They, 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 they um, never do anything alone or they're always operating at scale and and then they always focus on what makes them win. Because I've got to say that's a great up. I, I should that's that's a great description of what what anyone should be if they're going to be an entrepreneur. But I think it's even even a better description of what it means to be. Uh, I or just what the, I mean just what a franchise is. Yeah. I'm I'm just yeah. so impressed with with franchises, and it all changed for me as I as I did this work on on this book because. Uh, I just realized, my God, I think franchises are probably the most weed-like business structure there is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, the more you and I have talked about that, the more that sinks in. Um, yeah, yeah, ab absolutely, absolutely. All right, um, Stu, in closing, and by the way, everybody, uh, go to Stu's website, please. You could get the first two chapters of the book. Uh, awesome book. So uh, so you're going to want to you're going to want to do that. Um, last question I always like to ask folks, Stu, is 
Is there anything else that we haven't talked about? My questions haven't prompted. But again, you now you know our audience. Anything else you would want somebody to know um, from you as far as getting into business for themselves um, or or uh, the career coaches helping someone get into business for themselves? But is there anything that we haven't talked about today that you'd like to be sure got said today? Well, I, you know, I hope you don't hate me for this, but um, as a uh, a young um, solopreneur, I guess I've been a solopreneur my whole my whole career. Um, so, and I was creating cartoons, creating campaigns for Time Inc. and and the New Yorker and all these the, the NHL and the NBA and so on. And I thought, man, I got it made. This is really kind. Of, I, I, I can't believe what's happening in my life. This is so cool. And I used to think of franchises as being sort of the opposite of that that spirit because everything is defined and, and, and you're in a group and so on. And it wasn't until writing this book, researching it, writing the book that I realized, no, if you want to go into business and if you want to, if you want to thrive right away, it seems to me that a franchise is the way to do it. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's the easiest way to do it, but I am saying that there's a black box that's already built for you that already has the process and it already has um, all of a lot of these a lot of the problems that you would you would would have ordinarily knocked into and said, okay, now I need to figure this out. They've already been figured out, <laughs> and, and then you're part of you're part of this. Um, just like you know, if you notice a dandelion in your lawn, look up and you'll see that there's lots of them. There's dozens, or maybe hundreds of them. They never show up alone. They do. They work. In, in <laughs> That's this, true. <laughs> they're, they're, they collaborate. That's what they do. And and so a franchise gives you the opportunity to do that immediately. So I think actually franchising might be the, might be the smartest way to get into business. Well, I, I, I love that you're saying that because uh, uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir from the standpoint of me and, and some of our audience. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. I, I think it allows uh, highly successful people that weren't quite sure what they could do. It allows them to get into business uh, that they that they that they would not have gotten into by themselves. Um, and I think it's also something to know that uh, and I get into this conversation sometimes with people, but I think it's a good point. And that is that owning a franchise, you're still a business owner. Don't 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 miss out on that. You're still a small business owner in a lot of cases, although individual franchise units or if somebody buys more than one starts to get up in the multi-millions of dollars. But generally speaking, um, you, you're, you are a business owner. It's just mean it's just you've gone into it in a different way and you've gone into it, as you said, maybe is a, the smartest way because uh, you're not going you're in business by yourself uh, or for yourself, but not by yourself. And um, and I and I think that's that's a great point. OK, folks, so I'm going to wrap up here, Stu. We really appreciate your being on um, effective growth and spreading our keys. Um, take every opportunity to to take root somewhere. This is another lesson from today uh, and uh, deal with what is the, the, the dandelion seeds go everywhere and they deal with wherever they've gone uh, and look for those unfair advantages. Stu, thanks for uh, being on the show with us. Thank you. 